Okay, you guys, welcome. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Chloe Balatori. I'm a relationship and communication expert. I'm a graduate of Princeton University and Pat Allen's Want Institute. Pat was my, is my mentor in this work. Um, she has her own school and she's, she's kind of a legend in her own right. She mentored me. She's mentored Marianne Williamson. She's mentored Patty Stanger of Millionaire Matchmaker and many others. Um, and she actually wrote a great recommendation um, of me on my website. So if you want to look at that, you can do so. Um, I've been doing this work over a decade now. I'm over 20 years married myself. I found this work when I was about 10 years into my marriage. And I can say that this work changed my life and I've watched it change the lives of thousands of other people. Um, what's unique about this work is not necessarily the scholarship it's based on. That's pretty well established and we'll get into that in a minute. But what the tools to execute on that scholarship. That's what's unique. That's what's innovative. That's what I love about this work because you can talk theory all you want and go to a therapist's office and hear what they have to say and they reflect your feelings back to you. And that's all a very pleasant experience um, and an important experience. But if you've done that for a while, you may have noticed that your life's not really changing despite that being a pleasant experience. So that's what I really love about this work is when you work with it, when you use these tools, you do see change in your life. Um, and it's actually, that's what really drew me into this work was that I had witnessed a very dramatic change in my friend and neighbor over a three-year period. And I thought, gosh, I really, I need to get, do that, whatever she's doing, because she married the man of her dreams and got, started this great career. And it was just like, um, it was really impressive. So um, that's how I found this work. Um, this work is really based on balancing the yin and yang energy within yourself and within your relationship. Because when we talk about re successful relationships, what we're really talking about is relationships that are balanced with complementary energy. And that's complementary with an E um, between masculine and feminine. Okay, so I'm gonna give a brief definition of masculine and feminine because sometimes these terms are uh, very misunderstood. Roger Sperry in the 1980s did a series of studies on, the new, on Newt's brains, which won him the Nobel Prize. And what he discovered, and what also translated as being true of human brains, is that we all have two lobes of our brain, right? We have the right hemisphere, which is the yin energy or the feminine energy. This is the seed of feelings. It's passive, patient, vulnerable. It's the world of magic, of spirituality, of sensuality, sexuality. It's nonlinear thinking. It's creativity. Yin energy is in the world to make it fun, but it's not of the world. Okay. 
it's receiving. Whereas yang energy, which is the left brain, is the seat of linear thought. It's doing, it's competing, conquering, controlling. It's achieving, taking care of. Um, it's the most of us are in our yang energy when we're at work, and yang energy is very much of the world. Okay. So that's the left brain, the world of thoughts. Um, this is, I'm breaking it down pretty simplistically, but again, if you want to learn more about this, there's great book by Dr. Kim and Dr. Lee called the yin yang of life. And it really breaks down almost everything in the world, um, between yin and yang energy. And every time I look at it, I get a deeper understanding. Um, but what we're looking for in relationships is this balance of energy. And it doesn't matter if it's a heterosexual relationship or a homosexual relationship. This complementary energy is what helps relationships last. And that's the, those are the tools that I teach. Um, all of us are both. All of us are both feminine and masculine. Okay. And one is not better than the other. Um, women, as we get older, we tend to get more masculine because estrogen drops off. Um, and men, as they get older, they tend to get more feminine because their testosterone drops off. So it really, um, it can change throughout your life and it can change throughout your relationships, what this balance is. Um, Okay. Now, if you, if you have a very strong feminine side and a very strong masculine side, it can take a little bit more effort to enact this balance, right? And so that's actually what the def definition of alpha is, is people who have both of those sides very strong. And when you think about alpha, a lot of people misunderstand it and they think, Oh, alpha is just that dominating force in a relationship. No, that's wrong. Alphas are ones that have, have strong energy on the feminine side and have strong masculine energy side. And so it can be sort of tricky managing that and balancing that, especially in our romantic relationships. Why? Because that's where our issues show up first, is always in our most intimate relationships. Um, now, a lot of times the authentic balance gets thrown off uh, when we have any kind of childhood trauma. Most of us have had some kind of tra childhood trauma, whether it's a capital T or a small t. And when we're in childhood, everything that happens during that critical window affects us more than it does um, later in life. I mean, teenagers also have a critical window, but for the purposes of this discussion, I'm talking the ages of zero to 12. And that's Freud's work. Um, he basically said, you're cooked by age 12 because Freud didn't know that you can change the brain. He just assumed that's it. Um, so he was wrong about that. But childhood trauma often throws us off because we have to attach to our parents or whoever owns the refrigerator who will have to take care of us, okay? And often that's at the cost of our own authenticity. The problem comes when we take those coping strategies into our adult lives and we try to use them in our relationships that's when we often end up sabotaging ourselves because ironically, 
the coping strategies that enabled us to survive our childhood are often strategies that push away our loved ones. And so I work with people a lot on unwrapping what those patterns are and why they happen and what we can do to change them. All change is painful, even change for the better. So, um, you know, I think that's something that people don't always expect. Pain is really an indicator that change needs to take place or that change is already taking place. And sometimes when you're making changes, at first you feel really good and then you start to feel bad. And sometimes that makes you stop making changes and then you're back to square one, which is kind of worse. So I really help guide people through those changes um, so that they don't lose their nerve and they push the arrow through because that's how you really get the catharsis, how you evolve spiritually and psychologically. Um, so, you know, I mean, again, we live on planet Earth. This is a planet of duality. We cannot expect that we are going to be happy all the time. Sometimes we are going to be going through pain. And so part of this work is also understanding that pain and going through it with grace and hopefully desensitizing to our triggers so that we can have more successful relationships and get what we want out of life. Okay. So that's in a, in a nutshell what I do. If you don't understand everything, that's okay. Um, you know, it takes repetition. It takes coming back time and again. So um, I give this introduction. Um, and then I my favorite part is taking your guys' questions. So I'm going to open it up to questions right now. I work with men. I work with women. I work with couples. Um, I work with teenagers. I also teach this work in small groups several times a year. I've written four books on this work that you can check out. And the first one is How to Live, and that's really the basics. So if you're interested in that, check that out. I also, um, most my most recent book is Daddy Issues, and that one I put a lot into. But yeah, they're all good. So, um, okay, I'm going to open up to questions. I also love to hear your guys' updates. It's pretty cozy right now, so, um, you know, don't be shy. I know sometimes it's hard to share in a group, but hi, Lee. Well, hi there. Looks like we got a nice little group today. Yeah. How can I help you? I got a question for you. Um, how long, let's say you meet somebody and uh, you've traded numbers. Mm-hmm phone numbers uh you know you got past the five flirts so there's you know all that uh how long before you text this person or ask them out or uh like how long before you once you get the number and you set a brief hello why not go right away why not like that well, day because, well I'll, I'll tell you what happened friday okay was it friday Today's Thursday. It was a week. It was last Friday night. I, I was at a place I hang out at, hear live music and stuff. And there was a huge crowd. And there was one young lady there who I had my had my eye on. And and you know what's so weird is I'll this happened with the girl I dated before. I all I did was see her and didn't talk to her, didn't look at her. I just saw this person. I said, I like that. I want, you know, and then I 
immediately disconnect myself uh, from her. And within 10 minutes, they're dancing next to me and they want to talk to me. It's really strange how it's like a psychic thing or something. It's like, I'll, I'll be looking at them. And anyway, so. Wait, so what are you saying? You look, what do you mean you disconnect them? It's like I detach from any expectation. Okay. It's like a detachment where I, I'll see them. And in my mind, I'm like, Ooh, I like that person. And then I'm able to detach. Okay. And I just go about my night, have a nice evening. And somehow they end up like gesturing to me or like with my ex, she wiggled her finger at me. Okay. But I wanted to stop you there. Why did, why are you detaching? Why don't because, you make Because your I don't want to get any expect my hopes up or any expectation. I, and so I just kind of, I don't know why I just, I just, maybe I'm in my mind. I'm thinking, okay. I don't think you need to do that. Well, I don't want to, you know, it's, I guess part of it is too, I'm just coming out of this breakup. You just know, in general though, avoiding stuff and trying to avoid pain and kind of hedge your bets in that way doesn't really work. Like worrying, it's, it's kind of like worrying about something to prevent it from happening. You know, yeah. I just want to see, I know you're working on your masculine side and, and beefing that up. And so I want to see you being more active in, in act, meaning acting on what you want, you know, so not disconnecting necessarily, you know, maybe it's, you like don't a, it's just a mental detachment from any expectation. It's like, okay, you know, I just, all I do is I shift my because if I keep looking at her and, you know, it's just, I don't want to be creepy. It's, you know, I shifted my focus back to the live music and stuff is all. That's okay. all. Okay. I, so I just you kinda, notice, but you don't you wait to make a move. Okay. I just saw them. I just saw her and thought in my mind, she's, she's attractive or whatever. And so, but long story short, so we, um, so you waited till she came up to you. She, she happened to be standing right next to me. Okay. Oh, wow, there she is. It happened again. They come right up to me. And so I I said, you know, my friend was with me and said, do you know Lee? And I said, no, I introduced myself. I said, hi, we exchanged. We started dancing together. We we're having a nice, nice time. And we did trade numbers. And the reason I was wondering how long, she, you know, because I didn't want to text too soon because I was afraid it might seem desperate, you know? Mm -hmm. Should I wait a couple days? Should I wait a week? Should I wait, do it immediately? I don't know. But there's a general rule of thumb for, because I'm getting back into this at the square one here again. How many days has it been now? Well, she replied, I actually called her two nights later. I called and left a message. Okay. And said, I enjoyed meeting you. I'd love to, you know. You know, I'd, I had asked her how she felt about me. Excellent work. You know, that, work. I'd asked her initially that night. I said, how do you feel like getting coffee or drinks or something? And um, so we, I texted her and on a Sunday night, I I called her, left the message and said, it was nice to see you. I, You seem like a lovely person. How, let me know when you're free. How, let me know how you're, I'd love to hear how your day was or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, she, never, she texted me back two days later. Mm-hmm. And we made plans and uh, I believe it was Tuesday night, this past two days ago. Okay. We went to dinner. Excellent. Took her to dinner. Um, what a success story. Look at you. Well, yes. I, 
I will say that unfortunately there are some appear it appears there are some differences in our spiritual views. Okay. Uh, so I mean we have a lot I'm in just common. celebrating the success of getting the date and going on it's, that. It's okay. So then exactly. what happened on the day? It didn't well, go at the very least, you know, this is helping me distract myself from the previous relationship. And I'm like, hey, you know, there's a new beginnings here. I'm I'm shifting my focus away from the past. I'm moving forward. And um, um, the dinner was great. Um, she's very attractive. Um, same it, we work in the same field. Um, we we do have a lot of similar views, but unfortunately, the uh, what's the word? Uh, dogma, dogmatic Bible type. Um, I am very open spiritually to like metaphysical realities and consciousness and meditation and Eastern. And she's like kind of more like her views are, even though they really aren't different, they are in her mind. And so she see, you know, to her, the Jesus Bible, very dogma conservative Okay. And it's, I'm like, oh, been here before on the first date. Okay. Probably, probably ain't going to work. Okay. Know? Okay. So I, I let it go because of that. And right. I mean, I really was open to talking about it, but I could tell a lot of times I meet these dogmatic Christians and they're very confrontational. You know, right. Okay. Views. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, but that was but good for you for getting out there and calling. I mean, I think two days is good. I think the next day is okay. Um, okay. You know, the longer it goes, the less interested you appear, you know? So, I think within a couple days is good. Yeah, I think that's why I was successful getting the date so soon. Okay. And the dinner was great. It was a really nice restaurant in Redondo Beach. It was really good food, vegan. And I was good for you and good for you in like, you know, knowing yourself well enough to know, hey, this is a, a flag. I mean, you're getting much better at seeing things early on, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, I Oh, yes. And I, I kind of because I've been through so much trauma with the dating apps, it has okay. sharpened, it's sharpened my senses to where I can tell really fast. Um, you know, so I'm, I can feel things. I, I don't know if you know what an HSP is, but yes, of course. Yes. But I, I definitely fall into that. I was highly sensitive person. I have this feeling, deep feeling and deep thinking in me, in my nervous system. I'm very, you know, it's, something I've had to understand as I, as I grew up and, and cope with, work with, but, but I can tell when it's not a match. Very Okay. Like, good. So, but the good. thing. Yeah. I mean, cause we can't like prevent all vulnerability, but we can see the, the truth when we can see it, you know, we want to see it early rather than later. And so that's very good. I, I, I think this is, a, I'm counting this as a success, even though well, it wasn't a love you. connection. I had a feeling you would. And <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, it's also important to take a break. I feel like I may need a break right now because I'm, I mean, yeah, let's see what I'm, happens. I'm very fortunate. I feel I'm very, I'm very grateful that women find me attractive and that, you know, I, 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 it's it's never been a problem so much getting a date, but finding the right person is challenging, and yeah, and also just protecting myself and like um, 
resetting this and like I, how long of a break? I mean, you'll see. Meet, I think meet. just see how it goes. You know, if you meet someone you like, you're going to want to act on it. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things we've also realized through this process is that you're pickier than you thought. Yeah. So, okay. Very good. Very good update. For letting me share that and for being here for all of us. I appreciate your. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for sharing. Okay. Amy. Hi, Chloe. Hi. How can I help you? Um, well, I wanted to tell you, um, I was never really into manifesting and putting out what I want in the universe. And I manifested my last relationship, which ended in August. And I, I'm having like this phantom feeling like I really enjoyed him in regards to how he treated me. He made me, you know, uh, at his level of needs, right? He put me where he, you know, took care of himself. And, you know, obviously it didn't, you know, things didn't work in the relationship, but I miss that phantom feeling of how he treated me. And I meet people all the time. I don't have problems getting a date. I just, again, like Lisa said, trying to find the right one and there's a needle in the haystack. So right. I'm wondering, A, should I try to manifest again? Or should I just keep on doing what you're saying and going out and flirting and smiling? And because I believe that's the best way to meet somebody is not through a dating app. It's actually in person. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, okay, so a couple of questions. First of all, why didn't it work out with the other guy? Well, you know, I don't want to put the blame on him, but he did like to imbibe. And when okay. I was with him, I imbibed too much. So I didn't like that about myself. Right. So he didn't bring out the best in you. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Did you ever talk to him about it or did you just move on? You know what's funny? He was not good about talking about his concerns. So I wanted to talk about it, but then I was like, he's not going to so if he doesn't think it's a biggest issue why should i and then i regret that and i didn't I mean, yeah i'm usually a person who you know hasn't doesn't have a filter when it comes to talking i'll say it right out of my you know right out of left field you know i'll talk and i'll talk but i regret that and but he was he treated me well it's just that we liked to drink and we drank together and it was not good <laughs> right i just wonder if there might be life in it if you if you brought it up but yeah I, and I, I keep harping on that like I didn't do it so right. I can't let go right well think well, about whether or not you want to revisit that because what do you mean with him yeah there's oh, a tool boy. that I teach called I haven't had any contact with him though okay well okay so here it is. So first of all, of course, it's an awkward issue to bring it up. That's why you didn't want to bring it up because you know it's going to be a tense issue, right? And you didn't have tools. I think that was probably before you met me. So, you know, now you know the stroke and stand, you know a few things. If you wanted to bring it up, if you were still in the relationship, you could. But I also teach a tool. It's called the high buy letter. It's actually in my book, um, How to Live. And it's... um. It's really for any defunct relationship, but if you keep thinking about someone and you think there might be something that is worth 
revisiting, resuscitating, whatever it is. And, you know, of course I did, a, I taught this a lot during the pandemic. We did a lot of high value letters during the pandemic. Um, then, you know, uh, that I can explain to you what it is if you think that you might want to do that. I don't know. Okay, I we'll don't think know. about it, you know, um, because like you said, it is hard to meet people and um, that, you know, you resonate with. And I like that you're prioritizing the way he treated you and the way that he makes made you feel. That's very important. Um, so, you know, the basic, you know, this letter, this high buy letter works it's really the best thing to use if you do decide to reach back out. Um, it, I'll just give you the skeleton of it. It's a little overview of the, you write, you say, I know it's been a while. I'm writing about, you know, has some thoughts about our relationship. You told, you tell him everything that you liked about the relationship is the next paragraph. So it's the second paragraph. Then you tell him everything you didn't like about the relationship using I statements then you tell him what you want in a relationship. Then you tell him what you don't want a relation in a relationship. And then you thank him for the lessons. How long were you with this guy? Um, Almost a year. Okay. So that's a significant amount of time. Um, So, you know, something to think about. If you do decide to do it, um, I want to offer you that once you write it up, you can come to this group and um, read it and I will go over it. I'll listen to it and help edit it for you if it needs editing. But usually these letters um, turn out really well. So it, it may not need a lot of editing. But there's also a catharsis you go through when you write it. You might go through that exercise and decide you don't want a letter. Send the letter. But it still will be some kind of catharsis. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. You know, it'll help you kind of like flesh your feelings and ideas about it. Um, okay. So then what was the next part of what you said? Well, it's just hard to let, it's hard for me to let go, to move on in regards that I'm, I'm fearful that I'll never meet a guy again who treated me so well. Right. In regards to, you know, we did, we did so many things together that we both enjoyed and we had, you know, a great time. It's just that we just had too much to drink when we did stuff a okay. lot of the time. Okay. And, uh, you know, I just, I want to find a guy again like that who doesn't like to imbibe because I never really liked to drink before I met him. So. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, so of course like we don't want to go about relationships <laughs> trying to change people. But sometimes when you approach it like, Hey, I really enjoy spending time with you. I don't want to lose what we have. You make me feel so good, but I'm uncomfortable with how much we're drinking. What do you think about drinking less? You know, and just see what he says. I mean, yeah, if you were, I, if, that's what I wish I said that. when we were still together. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, that's okay. I don't want you to spiral on that. You can bring it up still. It hasn't even been that long, but people are writing these letters after years. Wow. So if there's something there and it's meant to happen, then it'll happen. Now, your second question was about manifesting. What do you mean yeah. about manifesting? I I have I, I had a friend of mine whom helped me put this letter together. Uh -huh. And I, you know, I wrote everything down I wanted in a guy. And I actually met him at a live music event. And he was smiling at me from ear to ear. 
And he just like did the like you said, and it freaked me out when you said that, like the five second thing of a jig. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that actually happened. Someone to did me. it and on you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's never happened to me before. And it was really a nice feeling that somebody had done that. And it's, you know, taken me so long in my life to have something like that. But again, it still didn't work. And I'm not getting any younger. So I'm well, like, was okay, that, where is um, it? Was is that the guy that you, that you drank too much with? Yes. Okay, so it's the same guy. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I like doing that. I mean, I think it's a good idea to know roughly what you're looking for, but I think sometimes we get too attached to those lists and it can close us off from um people who might be good for us, but we might not be able to predict that they're good for us you know humans are typically not that great at predicting what will make us happy um and that's one of my big beefs about the apps is the check is the box checking is because it closes out a lot of options that might make you happy i can't tell you the number of times that i've had a client come to me and say i want x y and z found a b and c and was happy and you know went on her way well <laughs> so, what about rule what about you know rule uh what's the word i'm looking for like deal breakers and stuff like that like things you can't have like you can't deal with like you know you can't have that in a relationship so is right. that part of a manifestation or not um yeah i mean i think it can be But again, I think one of, one of, I recently had, okay, I'll give you an example. I recently had a client and she, you know, she wanted to get married. She wants to have kids. Um, she's actually already pregnant now. So it, this is, a success, yeah, <laughs> this is a success story. Um, but, you know, one of her things was, is I want to meet a guy who hasn't had kids before, Right. I don't want to be a stepmom. I don't want that to happen. And um, she met a guy who was divorced and had two kids. And she really liked him, but she pushed him away and pushed him away because she didn't want to be um, with a guy who, you know, was divorced and had two kids. She didn't want right. to be a stepmom. She wanted to start fresh with somebody. And so, like, for the next six months, she was dating around, dating around. This guy was, you know, she she worked with him, not every day, but, like, in a kind of a lateral way. So she kept kind of being exposed to him. And she was dating different people. Um, and one day, you know, they were working on something, and they ended up going out for drinks. And, you know, one thing led to another. And lo and behold, you know, now they're married and pregnant. And she actually really loves being a stepmother. And the kids are really great. And it's a really good example of like a blended family, you know, so far. I mean, it'll obviously change when her baby's born. But so far, it's been, um, like I said, a real success. So that's, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Obviously, there are some things, yeah, that, you know, you don't want, you know, there's some things a lot of women won't date a married man, right? Even if they're separated, right? They, because a lot of separated men um, end up going back to their wives. Mm. Not always, but it can happen. So that's a danger. So it is good to know like what your preferences are, but I just also don't want it to let 
to let those things get in the way of the magic of the moment. I get, I get that. Yeah. So where's the fine line? If the, I mean, there should be a fine line, correct? I mean, yeah. I hate, the, I hate the shoulda, coulda, what is, but you know, there's things you have, you you can't tolerate in a relationship, and you can. So. Yeah, and addiction is one of them. So if this guy mm. that you're talking about turns out that he's like, you know, if you do try again with him and it turns out he's an alcoholic or he's not willing to give up drinking or he's not even willing to taper his drinking for you, you know, then obviously that, that probably wouldn't work. Right. So addiction right. is something that's often a deal breaker, but even then people will try to negotiate, you know, and see, I mean, one of the things that motivates people to get to break addictions is love is relationships and we really only have the context the ability to heal in the context of a relationship um because it's fine to be all on your own but ultimately we live in a world where we need to interact with other people um Absolutely. And, you know and so that's where the real healing occurs is when you can take your skills into the relationship and learn how to negotiate with love um mm -hmm. So does that answer your question? Yes. Thank you. Okay, good. You're welcome. And I look forward to hearing your update and what you decide. And thank you for sharing. Okay. What about you, iPhone? Do you have a question for me? Are you just listening tonight? Yes? No? Okay. Um. Okay. Lee, you have another question? Yes, I do. I wanted to okay. piggy, piggyback on something Amy said. Yes. About deal breakers. Yeah. So there, I have about 10 deal breakers that I, in my experience that I tend to like go, uh-oh, red flag. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm wondering, are, are deal breakers like that? Is it the kind of thing where, you know, two or three of them are okay or, or I mean if you meet somebody that has all of them or even just one of them is just one deal breaker enough to say can't go there can't do it I mean okay. how many deal breakers right. would you right 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 okay I understand okay yeah. so deal breakers is a really general term and it's a really big category right um Deal breakers could be that he's married. Deal breakers could be that she um, used to be an exotic dancer. I remember that oh. was an issue that came up for you. Um, but yeah, for me, the real deal breakers are, does she respect you? Right? Does oh. he cherish you? You think that's the most important? Do their words and deeds line up? Mm -hmm. do they listen do they own their mistakes mm. you know for me the That's deal breakers are more in communication because if i can get you know and the communication obviously reflects the character of the person yeah um and i'm talking about you know not just romantic relationships but friendships business alliances family mm. relationships um for me, I set a rule in my life that I'm not going to have people in my personal life who don't cherish my feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to do it. 
if you're not going to cherish my feelings and if you don't respect my thoughts, I mean, I will sometimes make an allowance for somebody who respects my thoughts, but is non-cherishing. But if you don't do either, then I'm definitely out, you know, and in a business relationship, I have to get a certain amount of respect, you know, if I'm going to collaborate with somebody um, and what that looks like. I know what that looks like from practicing and from doing this work. You know, one of the things, like I said, I look at is do the words and deeds line up? Are they cherishing? Are they listening? Do they own their mistakes? Um, you know, if you say you hurt me or if you say, um, you know, I didn't like this. Does the other person, you know, a lot of it revolves around conflict resolution. Right. That's where these tools really come in. Um, and to, when the words and deeds line up, that's, that's like saying walk the walk and talk the talk. basically. Yeah. You know, if somebody literally, I cannot, I won't do this even with a girlfriend. If you, if we make a plan and you can't show up on time, then I won't be making plans with you anymore. You know, it's really that simple. Right. Um, and, and, you know, if it's a business arrangement, then you got to compensate me for my time. I mean, that's just, you know, the way it is. And so it's like, to me, those are the things that are deal breakers. Do you respect my autonomy? Do you criticize me without an appointment? Do, oh <laughs> you know, these are the things that I really look for, you know, um, if I don't have some modicum of those things, then I just, you know, I keep my circle small. Because I like to be able to, to build trust with the people that are in my intimate circle, people out in the world, you know, I'll do different things for business or whatever. But for my personal relationships, there's a level of communication that I need and and transparency and integrity, you know, so it it that's, I think, more than any specific circumstances. Is he married? Does he have kids? Was she a stripper? Whatever it is, <laughs> you know, is it's more important to me is, is this person doing their spiritual work? Can we communicate? Can we resolve conflicts? Um, you know, and again, it's the chemistry, the compatibility and the communication. Somebody once said, I, I don't know if it was you or someone else. I think it was someone else said, and it was someone else in a radio interview said, uh, red flags are not to be run away from. They are signs that of of conflict resolution that you can it's it's a chance for you to work things out early however i completely agree with you everything you've sh shared just now is exactly why the girl i dated for two months why it didn't it didn't get off the ground right because she couldn't respect you consistently yeah and there were the constant verbal abuse there were comments that were not respectful uh and uh, and of course showing up late few times and I mean you know and we've we've I've shared before she, mm -hmm. you know, I tried really really hard to accept I did accept her for who she was with her 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 uh situation her her health issue there right uh, but um yeah I mean you gave it a chance which I think was good no one is perfect and no. again people are motivated to to change and to grow in the context of relationships but ultimately it was just too much. She was super late. She criticized you a lot. There just wasn't, she fell below the 51% valuable. Well, there you go. I mean, that's well said. And 
I, I still miss her. I still really think about how the good things, there were so many good things and, you know, but at the same time I could tell it was draining me. Right. So, you know, I'm, it's, it's good to try to be back on the horse again, <laughs> you know, even though I don't think I'll see this late, this young lady again, it's hopefully, you know, with your help and continued guidance and your, these, these tools, I'll be able to, uh, you will. I mean, you're doing, can, you're doing really well. You've, you've made like a lot of progress. And I can't believe I've done it without a dating app. And yep. I, I am meeting so many more people just by going to events and places that I like to frequent and doing things that I like to do. I have met so many more people and the opportunity for me to use these tools. I can't use them on a dating app nearly as effectively because you can't gauge as quickly. And, um, the potential. So I'm, even though it didn't work out, I'm it's, it really has shown me that I can. Uh, yeah. You're going, yeah. I'm really happy to hear you say that because, you know, the perceived wisdom is, is late nowadays, especially after the pandemic, I need to be on the apps or I can't meet anyone. And in some areas like rural areas, you do kind of need that, but you know, you live in a big city, you absolutely don't need that. And so I'm really glad to hear you saying that because a lot of times the algorithm gets in the way, you know, don't forget these apps are businesses, right? They're not, um, <laughs> their vested interest is not in helping you find love. It's helping you keep swiping. It is. It's like so a you got to really yes. consider that, you know, not that people don't sometimes meet and fall in love and get married from the apps. I've definitely had clients who that has happened to, but unfortunately it becomes a default and people are putting too much time into it. And then, then it becomes depressing because like all social media, right. It's artificial. And there's that barrier. There's that algorithm. There's that unknown where people are working behind the scenes who have different goals than you right. do. And ultimately, social media runs on negativity. So there's that aspect of it. Um, now, my friends on the apps, I just I just feel so sorry for them sometimes because they're like, I'm like, like, yeah, my friend who was here once with me, super incredible guy, super good looking guy, super successful. And he's on these apps all the time. And I feel like, you know, he could do better without it. Yeah, I, I'm so certain he could, but he. He's like a lot of people there. The technology can suck you in because you're very think, seductive. You know, yeah. it's it's like it's going to solve my problems. But the reality is I had to learn the hard way after many years and I and post-traumatic dating disorder. <laughs> yeah, it depresses a lot of people and then turns them off from dating altogether. But you really? said something else. You asked me something about red flags that red flags are, you know, sometimes just a signal for um further further communication and yeah. i guess i would say it depends on what the red flag is yeah yeah that's a good sometimes point. you see something and you just know you know that it's not gonna work you yeah know? because the first three months are supposed to be the honeymoon and it right like the first two months felt like i was on this roller coaster that was taking me up and down emotional i was just like oh my god what am i getting into here uh just communicating with her was but I'm, I'm really proud of you for doing it because like I said at the top, you know, yeah. it's life is not without pain and the cost of doing business, the cost of living life, the cost of getting what you want, going for what you want involves encountering conflict. It involves yeah. dealing with difficult people, Always it involves a risk. being triggered. And it's just the best you can do is to, you know, use those, those painful opportunities as as opportunities for change and for growth that always 
helps in terms of giving them some redeeming aspect. Um, but I think there's like this myth or an assumption that especially, you know, if I get into relationship, then all the pain will be gone. And that's, that's just not what we have here on earth. So I really commend you for putting yourself out there and, you know, it works, you know, and, and trying that's the best we can do. And that's why I say it's a success because we can control the outcome. We can only control the effort. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's all a discovery process. Thank you so much, Chloe. You are so welcome. Okay. Any final thoughts here? I'm going to wrap it up. Um, if you guys want to reach out during the week, you can um, either through my website, chloesconsciousnesstraining.squarespace.com um, or through my Instagram, which is at chloes underscore consciousness underscore training. Um, you can send me messages on Meetup too. Um, or, you know, we can meet back here next week. And this recording will be available where you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So I look forward to seeing you soon.